0: Welcome to City on a Hill's podcast. This week's podcast can be downloaded on iTunes or our media library at chccny.com. There's just something about looking at Christmas trees and angels the week after Christmas, right? There's something about it that like doesn't sit so well with you. It doesn't have the same, it lacks the power that it had a week ago. kind of dissipates. Really, I'm the only one in the room that felt that way. You all walked in. You're still in the Christmas spirit. Isn't it amazing how nice people were last week? And now they're there on, on Monday morning when you went back to work or Tuesday. Sorry, Christmas fell on a Monday and you went back to work and people were just absolutely miserable again. Some of you look miserable. The faces you're giving me right now. I didn't get those faces last week. How many of you enjoyed last week's service? Probably my favorite Christmas service ever. That we reframed Christmas last week. How many of you reframed situations in your life last week? And and you're going to continue to do that as you move forward. If you weren't here, the drama team had an incredible presentation. But our whole theme was how we are reframing the Christmas story and how we should be reframing our situations that we encounter in life. Well, we're moving on from that. Not really. I'm going to mention it a little bit in the sermon uh, today and next week. But you can see up on the screens, we have a small series. We have a small series that we're going to start. But before I even get into the next series, I want to, I always get in trouble. I'm pretty meticulous. I'm on top of things. I'm organized, right? Talk last week. Who's spontaneous? Who's organized? I'm organized. But Pastor Linda is always chirping at me because I always forget something. So she said to me, you better make sure. We want to thank you. I'm speaking on behalf of all three of us. I want to thank the church, all of you, for your generous gift. Uh, it's a blessing and an honor, really, to serve all three of us here in, uh, in different capacities. But we're so blessed to be uh, your pastors. Uh, there's no other place that I'd want to be. So we want to thank you, again, for your gift and your generosity. It's always been a generous place. Always been a generous place. One other thing, too, before we get into it, I should mention this. Next week, I will be mentioning, and I want you to be thinking, it'll be our fifth year of doing My One Word, all right? where you're going to be picking a word that you're going to be looking at 2018 through the lens of that word. All right. And we say that, you know, we, we have all these great ideas and these great plans. Tomorrow is the first of uh, of the year and you're going to have all these ideas and I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow and it's going to be packed. And then a couple of weeks later, no one's going to be there. All right. So we want to work on one thing and let's do something about one thing instead of nothing about everything. Did you get that? All right. I could sit down. That, that's enough right there. That's food right there. Do something about one thing. In 2018, the Nothing About Everything. All right, so you'd you be thinking about that on the back. If you've never been here before, you don't know what I'm talking about. On the back, as you walk out, we do this every year. We put up all of the words from the whole church. All right, it's kind of cool to be thinking that we're endeavoring together as a body as we move forward into uh, 2018. Well, you can see the title. There it is, right? We're putting an X in anxiety. Anybody never... Uh, been worried or anxious before in your life? Never? Anybody? You've never, ever been worried or anxious about something? No? All right, so I'm glad I had to do that to make sure that there are only human beings in this place today. Because if somebody raised their hand, I'd be a little worried. I really would be anxious. I'd be anxious about you and your life, all right, that you don't live in the real world. Maybe you're deluded somehow. But anxiety is something that hits all of us and I'm just online and I'm looking this up researching this and I'm looking at different publications and I wanted to see are they talking about 2017 that it was a pretty anxious year for the world not just for America. Yeah. And then Megan sent me a really good one. This was from Apple News. Uh, It said the year in anxiety. The year in anxiety. I said, listen, are they, they're trying to help me preach my sermon. This is beautiful. And you see it says between, I don't know if you can see it, between threats of nuclear war and a perfect storm of natural disasters. There's Rocket Boy next to President Trump. <laughs> 2017 has seen a lot of hard pounding. Push notifications and Xanax prescriptions. <laughs> but it's true. 2017 was a rough year. But I want to say... Just because you walk into a new year doesn't mean you're a new person and that you the same anxiety that you were ridden with and, you know that beset you in 2017, it's not going to dissipate. It's not going to be eradicated until we make changes in our lives. And then there was silence. <laughs> True though, right? Come on. So just because we walk into a new year and listen, don't, we live in. This is a culture of fear sociologist by the name of Bernie Glassner, this is what he said. Now, I'm just talking about health. I could have picked so many different areas. All right, I'm setting the context this morning. This is almost like an introductory level uh, seminar to what we're going to talk about and go into more detail even next week. But this is what this sociologist, Bernie Glassner, had said. He said, we live in a culture of fear. We're the most worried society that's ever lived. that ever grace this planet... For instance, life expectancy has more than doubled the past century. We're able to cure more diseases than at any time in the history of the world. No group of human beings has ever been healthier. But at the same time, no group of human beings has ever been more worried about their health. That's us. It's America. America. He went on to say, can I give you some stats? I don't really use my notes a lot, but I'm going to lean on my notes, at least in the beginning of the sermon, because I want to mention some of the facts. I didn't memorize all this stuff. Could I have memorized it? Yeah, but I didn't. All right. He tracked health articles that uh, kept telling us how sick we are. He only used three publications. He used the Washington Post, the New York Times, and the USA Today. You with me? Only those three publications... And this is this is what he found. He said, according to the experts in these three publications, 59 million Americans have heart disease. 53 million Americans suffer from migraines, 25 million from osteoporosis, 16 million from obesity, millions more from cancer, 12 million from severe disorders like brain injuries. Total it up, just from the articles in those three publications over recent times, we have 543 million Americans who are seriously sick. But the last time I checked, the country's population is 266 million this is what Glassner said. Glasner said, either as a society we're doomed, or someone is seriously double dipping. <laughs> Pretty good, right? Pretty good. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, almost 20% of the adult population in the U.S. suffers from some sort of clinical anxiety disorder. And that doesn't even, I'm not even factoring in the pervasive daily existence that all of us have where you're anxious about something. You're driving, maybe you get anxious, see somebody in the right lane, I almost went into that lane, anxious about something. That doesn't include that. That's kind of scary. In a given year, according to the National Institute of Mental Health, 50 million Americans will feel the effects of a panic attack phobia or some sort of anxiety disorder. And when it comes to mental health, mental health, number one, right? Number one mental health problem among women is anxiety, depression, being part of that all wrapped up in that for men. It is second only to alcohol and drug abuse. We are the most anxious country in the world. Let's give ourselves a hand. Stars and stripes were now strife and stress. Is anybody else in here you have a PhD in worryology? Because I do. This is a topic that's kind of hard to preach about because when you live it and my family, people that are close, people that that watch me and uh, Michael, I I have to go to you because you're an ex-student. Would you ever think that I'm a stressed out guy? Would I, right? I hide it pretty well. Yeah, yeah. See, but people that know me well, hey, babe, go ahead. Michael was honest. I'm asking you to be honest yeah, what do you think? Am I a stressed out person in general? Do I worry about anything or do I handle things? so? Am I a paragon of spiritual maturity and emotional health? Be careful what you answer, babe. We're together all day. It's New Year's Eve. Pastor Linda, you answer. Don't get my wife in trouble. Why don't you answer? In all seriousness, though, come on, I'm just like you. Yeah, go ahead. My sister wants to. Go ahead. I inherited it from them. These two people on the front row. Anybody else don't know, seriously, I'm kidding around, but I'm like, really, at times, this is a big issue, I think, for everyone in the room, and I'm never going to stand up here and be a preacher. I think I'm pretty honest and transparent. I try to be. This is a real issue for me in my life. It's hard, and I think it's hard for all of us, but I'm not going to stand up here and act as if I have it all together. And there are times that Megan's like, you worried about, I said, yeah, worried, All right? Preaching about this kind of stuff. I said, I'm not as comfortable preaching about this as I was reframing Christmas or spending 11 weeks on the life of David. This is a little different. This is a little harder. And you know what? I'm looking around the room and I imagine some of you, we, I talked about what we were going to be focusing on these two weeks. And maybe this is a topic that you said, I'm coming because this is something that's real. And this is something that affects me in my life. Because you live in the real world. Can I give you some more stats? Just a little bit more, I promise. Am I boring you to death? Trying not to. Journal of the American Medical Association. People, they said people of each generation in the 20th century, get this, were three times more likely to experience depression than people of the preceding generation. Are you kidding me? Wow, we could go into, we could have a great sociological conversation as to why that is. Not even spiritual. Our cars are safer. We regulate our food, our water, our electricity. I mean, for the most part, yeah, there are gang issues in the country, but for the most part, we, do you feel pretty safe when you go to bed at night? I would think so. But how come we're so stressed? If the Olympics were to give a medal out for worry, I, we, some of us would get the gold medal. The gold, not the silver. Not the bronze, the gold. We're so worried and we're so anxious. How about co- how about college students? Do I have any college students in the house? Yeah, I have some college students. How about this? According to the Journal of Me- uh, American Medical Association. They, uh, they did a study, 200,000 incoming freshmen, right? This happened two years ago. Students reported all-time lows in overall mental health and emotional stability. One psychologist I found in my research, I did a lot of research on this, the, this series. As psychologist Robert Lay pointed out, the average child today, this is my favorite quote, exhibits the same level of anxiety as the average psychiatric patient did in the 1950s. The average, yes, average psychiatric patient in the 1950s. Our kids have more toys, clothes, better opportunities than ever. But when they leave home, how come they're so tied up, like, tied up tighter than Egyptian mummies? It's bad. Why do our kids feel that way? Why do they feel stressed? It's everywhere. And then, listen, I read the Bible. You know what? Before I even go over there, let me just say this. I know in a room of this size and the amount of people in here and I would get in trouble because Pastor Linda is a counselor and she would absolutely rip into me if I didn't say this. I feel you telling me to say this. There are people in this room. Now I'm being there are people in this room that have real anxiety issues. And you know what? Some of the most courageous people in this room, you came to church today and it was hard. And you said, I don't know all these people, but I'm going to walk into church. And you know what? Our society, yes, some people are medicated and some people need to be medicated. I don't like it when I hear people and preachers on TV and I hear the church. And they disparage people that have mental health issues, that have anxiety issues. They are real issues and real problems. You are not a second class citizen in the kingdom of heaven if you have an anxiety disorder, if you have panic attacks. You need to be freed here this series. Who wants to be freed? Because the chatterbox, right, what does he do? He's constantly in our ears and he's constantly telling us things. He's constantly telling us lies. I didn't want to preach. I just kind of wanted to teach today, but I can't help myself. Listen, you've heard some of the things. I'm just going to kind of go now. I don't know. I'm going to go in all different directions and you're going to kind of just have to take it all in. I read too, and some of you heard this, where he's like a rocking chair, right? A lot of movement, but it doesn't really take us anywhere. We just go back and forth. We move, but we're not really going anywhere. Or how about this one? This was good. I got this on Pinterest. Pinterest of all places. It's an anxiety and worry. You know, it's like a toddler. Toddler. They wake you up at three in the morning. They never stop talking. And they always say no. They keep going. Isn't that what anxiety is like? We're going to talk about that. Has anybody been up in the middle of the night? you're lying if you shake your head no at me you're lying but i don't want us to look at people in this room that have issues and how about this can i give you a little more research one of my all-time favorite books pastor linda passed this along to me this is some time ago daniel goldman emotional intelligence that's like 20 30 years ago now right (laughs) daniel goldman great psychologist in his book emotional intelligence talks about the fact that 15 to 20% of people are born into this world prone to timidity, prone to it. Again, which means that certain kids, and we look at them, and I've seen, I've watched this. There are certain kids, you put them in situations, they don't, they're very picky about trying new foods. They don't like to go to new places. How many of you parents, you know what I'm talking about? And we look at them sometimes, what's wrong with this kid? People are born this way sometimes. They're prone to this. But we act in the church sometimes like, you need more faith. What's wrong with you? You just need more faith. Why are you worried? Why are you anxious about everything? That stresses me out if somebody says that to me. (laughs) Thanks, you're really helping me. Thanks, you really helped. Have a great day. You did nothing to help my anxiety. You made it worse. And then it's funny, you know, you read things in the Bible, right? Do you ever read passages sometimes and you're like, what? What? world, were you living in 2000 years ago, 3000 years ago? You don't understand what it's like to live in American society in the 21st century. And I read these words from the apostle Paul. Can I show you some words? All right. How about this? In the happiest book of the Bible, we did a six part series a couple years ago on the book of Philippians. It's the happiest. We call it the happiest book in the Bible, right? And in chapter four, and these are famous words, famous words from the apostle Paul, be anxious for nothing. Paul, I want to interrogate him. I want to be a counselor. I'm not an attorney. I don't have my juris doctorate, but I want to put him on the stand and I want to talk to him. be anxious for nothing. maybe be anxious for less. you know you can be anxious on Tuesdays or when there are really serious issues going on. but Paul be anxious for nothing. Scott do you find that kind of weird? Be anxious for nothing? You find that kind of hard? Is that easy to live by? Be anxious for nothing? Come on, Paul. How am I doing as a counselor? How would I do in court? (laughs) Not too good, right? I'm just going off what I see on TV. I don't know if that's kind of real, right? You see that? (laughs) Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Oh, how rich that is. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. Anybody, this is one of uh, this is like, this is in the hall of faith, this, this passage. I know Hebrews chapter 11, they call it the hall of faith, the people that are in there. But if I had to pick passages, wouldn't this be a passage that you would kind of pull out? You know, Psalm 23 for me, Romans 8, the whole chapter, but Romans 8, 28. For me, but this would be a passage that I would throw in there. Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing, but in all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And trust when we do that, that the, the peace of God, will, you know, it's going to guard our hearts and our minds. It's going to pass any understanding. It's going to be so different than what the world looks at, what they look for. It's going to be different. And we live in a world, I, I kind of want to talk about, what is it like for us as we get anxious? You know, it's, it's the situation where life is going really well. How many of you are like this? You can relate to this. Life is going really well, but you're anxious that the bottom is going to fall out. Yeah, I'm preaching. Okay, okay, good. Making sure I'm not alone again. I feel good when, when that happens. I feel really good inside that I can move on to my next sentence. So you feel that way. And how about you're always looking around the corner? You're always looking around the corner. What's coming? I don't know what's coming. Everything's good right now. I had a good 2017, but what's, what's coming in 2018? What's coming around the corner and we get stressed and we get anxious. Does any, can anyone relate to that? That's kind of what I'm talking about. When things are going right, how do we handle all of those anxious thoughts? Did you know that worry is a weight that we carry around with us? It was a weight that we weren't meant to carry around. Worry is a down payment on a house you're never going to live in. It's a da- I stole that. It's a down payment. I changed it. It was like similar, but mine's better. Worry is a down payment on a house you're never going to live in. I told you, I read a lot. I read a lot. I have to. I'm going to get up here and have something to say to you. <laughs> right? Every week. But that's really what it is. Corey Ten Boom, and I've said this before too, but it's such a good quote. I had to use it again for the, the, this series. Worry d- doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It drains today of its strength. When we worry it doesn't empty tomorrow of all those things. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen the next day? What's going to happen a month? No, what that does is, all it does is sap the strength that we need for today. The moment that we need to live in. Don't make me go to the Sermon on the Mount. I want to go there next week, not this week. Looking at some of your faces, you're going to make me do it. But it's, it's it's the what if. What if I don't get the bonus at work? Did anybody not get their Christmas bonus? Like Eddie Clark? Clark, I'm sorry. Ed Clark didn't get it? Anybody not get their bonus? Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I needed that bonus because... I was supposed to use the bonus to get my kids braces. Oh my gosh. And if they don't get braces, they're going to have crooked teeth. Oh my gosh. And if they have crooked teeth, that means they're never going to get a job. They're never going to be able to get a spouse because they have crooked teeth. Oh my gosh. What's going to happen? And then one day they're going to be holding up a sign. They're going to hold up a sign on the side of the road. My parents couldn't afford braces and that's why I'm homeless. What if, what if, what if, oh my gosh, what if this happens? It's true. What if, what if, what if? I love this, uh, Max Licato, and he has a book on anxiety and I read it, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. And he said, he had a line in there that was really key. He said, anxiety and fear are cousins, but they're not twins. Fear sees a threat. Anxiety imagines one. It's it's to be killed by the possibility. You know what I'm talking about? It's the possibility that something might happen in the future. It might happen. Hey, how about this? We live in a new day in terms of terrorism. You with me? We live in a new day in in terms of terrorism. I'm at the gym the other day and I'm like, you can't make this up. And all they had on Fox News. I don't watch the news anymore. I don't watch it. Maybe I should more. I don't, Michael, listen, as ex-students, don't tell current students that. I don't watch, I really don't watch news much anymore. I depend on a couple of people in a group thread. They kind of fill me in. They're in this house. They're here today, right? Sometimes they send too many messages, but they send me messages and they keep me abreast of what's going on. But I'm watching, I'm at the gym and I just saw on the news and they're talking about, you know, that it's imminent that a terrorist attack and that we really need to be careful. And here it is, New Year's Eve. Anybody go to New York City time? Uh -uh. Not just because it's cold, but is there some sense of fear in the air? Is there some sense? I don't know. Something might happen. And in terms of terrorism, you think what terrorists do? Do you know terrorists when they attack? Not only are they terrorizing and not only do they take people out, but it's what's left behind that they're terrorizing people that are left behind that maybe it's not safe to go to a church after what happened in Texas a couple of months ago. Maybe it's not safe to go to Washington. Maybe it's not safe to go to New York City. And they hold us hostage. Hostage. They don't just terrorize those people. And they do it in public places. They want everyone to see. I'm going to get you back right now. My sister stood up before. When she said about me being anxious. But how about this? She told me a story. You could tell the story if you want. The face that she just gave me was this sisterly, um, I don't know where you're taking this story. God help you if you embarrass me in any way. That's what I just got. I'm not going to embarrass you. She sent me a a text. This is right after the the Las Vegas incident, right? Which you don't even see in the news anymore, right? We still don't know all the details and I don't want to be a, uh, I got to stop. I can't even go into that and be a, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there we are and uh, my sister sent me a text because you knew somebody that survived. And it was amazing to me that here was a girl—not a girl, she's a woman. She's my sister's age, but she reached out to somebody that she knew was a Christian across the country, somebody that she doesn't even talk to. And she had survivor's guilt, but she was terrorized by the terrorist, the man that shot. And she was at the concert, and she lived, and she wanted to know a book, and she was getting into the Bible, and it was changing her life, reframing, right, reframing everything for her, what it's like to live as an American. But I thought about it, and I said, "Oh my." gosh, that's how the enemy works. Did you know there is a terrorist in our story? There's a terrorist. And what he does is he sets up ISIS cells. And listen, the enemy that is out there is a lot less harmful than the enemy that's in here. He wants your mind. He wants your peace. He wants your joy. He wants to rob it and he can't take it. You have to give it to him. He wants to take it from us because he's a terrorist. He's out to destroy, to steal, to kill and to destroy. He wants to take us out and he hits us with possibilities. He hits us about what the future could happen. Listen. You know what? The biggest problem, it's not what you know we eat at late at night that keeps us up. I can't really eat late. It's what's eating us inside that keeps us up. What's eating you inside that is keeping you up in the middle of the night? What is it? The apostle Paul is telling us here, "Please be anxious for nothing." But there are things in this world that make us anxious, Paul. My wife has, where's my phone? Most of you use, most of you use uh, an alarm on your phone, right? I imagine. Anybody use like a real alarm now? So I can make fun, we can make fun of you. (laughs) We're not going to laugh at you. We'll just kind of laugh around you. Uh, And it's really interesting because I thought of this the other day. Now, many of you know, you've heard me preach for years. I get up really early in the morning. I don't get up too late, but there have been those few moments in the 13 year of marriage of Megan and I, that I've heard the alarm go off next to me. She has this alarm. Can I give you the sound? Because it's the most annoying sound in the world. Hey, that's funny. That's good. People, now they're having fun with me right while I'm preaching. They're trying to take me off task. I'm focused, laser focus. Y'all can't take me off. Y'all could be texting me the whole time. It's not going to change anything. I'm comfortable right now. So here it is. Here it is. Stop it. Here it is. Here is the noise. Here is the noise that, yeah, you got. You have to hear this. You have to. You just have to hear this. All right. Here is the noise. It's no, no, no. I just want them to hear. I want them. Are you getting anxiety? Why isn't this? I'm getting anxiety because it's not playing. I want them all to hear it because I'm so sick of hearing this thing. I'm so sick and tired of hearing this. Do you want to hear that when you wake up in the morning? Do you want to hear this person next to your bed like they're playing the harp? You can't hear it? it. Give give me a microphone right now! Give me a microphone! Turn that on, Luke! I need everyone to hear You need to hear this. No! Y'all hear it now? It's bad when you hear it every day! I lied! I hear it more than I want to hear it. Okay, we can turn this off. The alarm goes off, what do we do? My wife is like, she is the expert at this, hitting the snooze button. But when you hit the snooze button, you really don't go back into deep sleep. You're not going into, she's like, yes, I am. No, you don't, girl. No, you don't. Anybody, you're, you're not going into REM sleep. You're not. You're lying to yourself if you think you are. You're not. Okay, but you hit the snooze button. And here's what I want us to understand what the enemy is trying to do. The alarm goes off. I feel like the enemy is setting false alarms in our lives. I feel like the enemy is setting off false alarms. And God is saying, you know what? I got this. Hit the snooze button. You're not meant to stay up all night. You're not meant to worry about this. You're not meant to carry this. This is mine. I'm going to carry it. I am God all by myself. I can take care of everything. I created everything. I created you. I numbered the hairs on your head. Even the ones that fall out of the sink. I know who you are. I've numbered everything. I know you. But we get all straight. He wants to wake us up with false alarms. And what happened the other day, don't get scared when you hear me say this, but I felt God say this in my spirit. I, it wasn't like the audible voice of God, and you're going to walk out and go, dude, that guy says he is God. We should be hearing God, by the way, in our lives, right? God still speaks. I heard God say, I just I, I felt this, I just felt it in my spirit because I got up at about three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, 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 it happens. It happens. I get up like four anyway. But I'm up at three o'clock. I want an extra hour of sleep. So there I am thinking. And the enemy is trying to hit me with things that I could worry about. Worry about that. Take the bait. Worry about this. Worry about that. And I felt God say to me, hey, you know what? I'm up all night and I don't need to sleep. So why don't you just go back to sleep and I'll handle it while you're sleeping. You don't need to worry about this. You don't need to carry this. It's not your problem anymore, James. Don't carry it. And God would say that to somebody here today, tonight. The enemy is going to try to wake somebody up. And he's going to try to hit you with your kids. He's going to try to hit you with your marriage. He's going to hit you with that stack of bills that are coming. Christmas just ended. Ha ha ha. Christmas, right? And then the bills come in January. you got to pay that stuff off. He's coming. He's coming. He wants to destroy us. He wants to take us out. How about this? I love this. A psychologist by the name of Dr. Walter Calvert. He did some research and he discovered. Only 8% of the things that people worry about. Are legitimate matters of concern. Did you hear me? 8%. He said the other 92%. This isn't a Christian psychologist. Secular. Were either imaginary. Never happened. Or involved matters over which people had control anyway. Wow. Alright I set the stage. I'm done. Now. Now. How do we deal with anxiety? What are some of the ways? Do you want a little bit, some practical? Yeah, you want a little bit? All right, Pastor Linda is is much more uh, qualified to be talking about this than I am. But I'm I'm the preacher today. So you have to listen to me. Next week, we're going to sit down. Maybe I bring you up next week. Maybe we talk a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm the, who am I? Who would I be then? Can't be Oprah. I'm a guy. Who would I be? Phil Donahue? Really? Phil Donahue? Phil Donahue? Oh. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, back class. Isn't it cool to have a little fun in church? Come on. It's kind of cool. All right, number one, number one, can I just give us a couple of things like practical ways or things that I I think of that can help us in terms of anxiety? And number one, I'm going to hit you hard, though. Can I hit you hard? Can I hit you real hard? Between the eyes hard? Number one, intake slash law of exposure. Intake slash law of exposure. heard one uh, Southern preacher say, what are the you know? What he said, uh, like his southern drawl. Uh, what a what a anxiety and uh, cellulite have in common. What do they have in common? You can't pray either one away. <laughs> I don't totally agree with that, obviously, with anxiety. But I thought it was kind of interesting. A lot of you didn't laugh. You're like, that's a corny joke. It is kind of corny. It's all right. Not every joke's going to be great. Okay. But here was, here's what's interesting too, though. I think about it. We are asking for the peace of God. We want, we want God's peace, right? You want God's peace in your life? Does anybody not want God's peace? And we're praying for peace in situations. We're praying that he would give us peace in all these circumstances, things that we're going through. But the problem is we are so full. There is no room for God to download information on, using heaven's Wi-Fi. How can God download information when we're so full? And I just learned this. This is a phone. What, what model is this? I don't, this is an iPhone, whatever, 20. Okay? This is an iPhone. And what I found is, this is really cool. I want you all to watch this now. This is really cool. There's a button on the left side. I want you to watch. Watch what it does. And then, yeah, yeah. It, you can actually power this thing off. Can you believe that? You can act. They make these phones so that you can turn them off. Wow, that's incredible. We sit here as a people. Now I'm going to hit you. We sit here as a people, and our fo- we, these phones are like in our pockets, and we're like buzzing around, like and we're like just kind of moving, and we have the whole world in our pocket. We got the whole world. The devil has a shock collar on us. It's a shock collar. It is. It's a shock collar. And we think we're free. No wonder we're numbing our minds. No wonder so many people are popping pills. No wonder so many people are using drugs. No wonder so many people are walking around like zombies. Come on. We think we have everything here. And then you know what we do? We fill up on empty calories, intake. Empty calories. Let me tell you something, I'm good at Candy Crush. I am Candy Crush, king or queen. Words with friends, I have never lost. <laughs> never lost, still undefeated. That's a great title. When you get to heaven one day, God, I'm champion, right? Of, uh, really? Is that something that's going to matter in life? All these apps that we have, there we are on Instagram, we're taking the selfies, we're on Facebook, fake and we're doing all this different stuff, right? There we are, over and over again. And we're filling ourselves with things that don't really matter, that don't have any spiritual calories. And then we wonder, at the end of the day, how come I have no peace? Because think about what you're filling your mind with. What if, how about this? How about, like, take it to the world of athletics, because I know that world a little bit. How about a guy like Tom Brady? You can't, they say you can't out train a bad diet. How old is Brady? John, how old is he? Four, 40. 40. He's 40 years old, 41, whatever. He's 40 years old. You don't play quarterback at that kind of level in the NFL unless you take care of your body. Do you, you ever see the dude's diet? Do you ever see his diet? Even if you hate football, you know what he does for a treat? You know what dessert is for Tom Brady? Why can't, the, why can't the Jets draft a guy like this? Anyway, <laughs> avocado ice cream. Oh, I'm going to have a treat. It is, but, but that's like his big treat. Like, really, dude? Avocado ice cream? That's like your big, ooh, okay, avocado ice cream. Dude, is meticulous. There's no Olympic athlete. The Winter Olympics are coming up, right? There's no winter athlete. They don't eat Twinkies and donuts. Hey, um, you know, you don't see them with these products and their spokespeople, right? Dunkin' Donuts, you see some guy, you don't see that. They take care of their bodies. They take care of what they put in. They know their intake. They understand the law of exposure. And I think we forget sometimes that the books we read, the movies we watch, the music we listen to affects us in every which way. The law of exposure is just like the law of gravity. But we want to act as if we can watch whatever we want to watch, read whatever we want, and then you know what? We're going to be grounded and we're going to be stable. And that's crazy talk. It's crazy. We are never going to be who we want to be in 2018 if we continue intake, our intake at the same level. We are starving ourselves spiritually. Starving ourselves we're emaciated. I said it last week. Can I say it again? Don't get offended when I say this, but come on. When's the let? Did anybody, you're not going to raise your hand on this, but last week we had some Bible verses up there. Did you, did you pick up your Bible maybe this week in the meantime? Or is this the, the next time that you're actually getting into the word, but you want peace and you want joy. How are those things supposed to happen? They just happen by osmosis. How about when they, they happen when we actually have a relationship and we actually set and set our lives in such a way that, you know, we're so out of balance and we, we, we're we saying no to some things. Or we say, actually, we say yes to some things that we are people and relationships that we should be saying no to, because when we say yes to them, we're saying no to something that we really should be doing or a relationship we should be seeking. What are we doing? Our lives are out of whack and we need to feed ourselves Feed ourselves. You think about a young like a toddler, a two-year-old, three-year-old. Like when they're young kids, right? And then they, mommy, daddy, I'm hungry. You have to feed them. But as they get older, if Jameson was 21 years old, daddy, can you make me some lunch? I'd be like, really? Really? Go in the kitchen, dude. Make yourself something to eat. There's food in the fridge. You're a big boy now. You're not a kid anymore. It's time we feed ourselves. And we think about you know I'm more scared of listen I'm more scared of what we don't put in our bodies than actually what we do. Did you hear what I said? I'm more afraid of what we don't put in our bodies than what we actually do. That's the scary part. I'm not making don't listen don't come up to me afterwards and say you tell me I'm not supposed to watch rated R movies and I'm not supposed to watch this show and that I'm not playing any of that I don't play those games. You ask God what you're supposed to do and you, you know God will talk to you. I'm not here to tell you, Pastor Linda, maybe Pastor Linda wants to do it, I don't want to do it. But I'm not telling you what you're supposed to be doing, what you're supposed to be watching. That's why God has given us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit should be speaking to us in our lives. Don't make rules. Oh my gosh, you watched a rated R movie, you're going to hell. Really? It's crazy. Don't make a rule for anybody, but we need to be really careful what we put. And as a general rule, we're very careful. what We put the, you know, the, the time that we put into something that's, that's, that's valuable to us. But we really need to really think about what we're not putting in our bodies and the time that we're not really spending. And then number two, so that's number one. How about our imaginations? How about our imaginations? When it comes to anxiety, when it comes to worry, number one, our intake levels Law of exposure, whatever we're exposing ourselves to. Number two, how about our imaginations? Our mind is our most valuable asset, is it not? And you know what the enemy wants to do? The enemy wants to take what God created to be a playground where we enjoy God. And like just Adam did before the fall, he walked with God in the cool of the day. You know what the enemy wants to make that playground into? A battleground. And he wants to make that into a battleground. Did you know that we are the air traffic controllers over uh, our minds? We are the ones that are controlling. You are in the control tower. And the enemy is taking planes and he's putting them in the sky, and they're carrying worry and they're carrying anxiety. We don't have to let them land inside of our mind if we don't want to. It's up to us. There is a job for us to play. We have to be vigilant. We have to understand the enemy is going to come at us. The enemy is going to try to take over our minds. He's going to mess with us any way he can. And when it says here, when it says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, noble, you know, uh, going through the whole list, meditate on these things. Some translations in Greek, some, some of the translations, one of your translations, it may say, fix your eyes on these things. Fix yourself on this. Get focused. The word in Greek, it's, it's the word we get focused from. Meditate, focus on these things. Don't focus on all these other things. Reframe things. Look at your anxiety, reframe it. Understand where it's coming from, understand where it's originated, understand who is behind the attacks, and fix your thoughts. The other day, it was like I I heard the voice you know, you hear the voices. And you hear the enemy and he's he's attacking. And I get attacked. Listen, I'm being totally honest with you. I get attacked. I've been attacked ever since Tom Richter left the church. How are you going to handle all of this? Church? How are you? You can't do it. You are never going to make it. You are never going to be standing there. And I hear the lies. I hear the lies. And then I said, you know what I said to that voice? I said to that voice, you know what? You need to leave in the name of Jesus. I took his blood over my mind and I said, you know what? I said, this is the property of God. This mind is not your property and you need to leave. You need to be evicted. You need to get out. You have no place in this mind. It's not your property, devil. But he's coming and how about you? You have your own devils. You have your own voices. And anxiety, it can get so bad, the devil, and you could be in a room, and then it becomes the loudest voice in the room, and it doesn't stop, and you can't hear anything else. The lies, 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 straight from the pit of hell. You know what I'm sick of? I'm sick of waking up in the morning and going, getting out of bed and going, what's the fear cast today? What's the fear cast today? Anybody, anybody you wake up like that? You just get hit. You just get wrapped with fear. You get out of the bed and you're worried about your finances. You're worried about your kids. You're worried about your health. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of the enemy coming in and trying to give me a fear cast at 5 o'clock in the morning when I'm rolling around. I want a faith cast. Do I have any faith casters in the house? Do I have any people of faith in this house? When you get up in the morning, you're looking at the faith cast and you're going, I know who my God is. And if my God is for me, who can be against me? My God is with me. I'm taking every thought captive unto the obedience of Jesus Christ. The weapons of all warfare, they're not carnal. They're mighty for pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations, and anything that tries to take its place above the knowledge of Christ. Because you know what? I got ammo. I'm loaded. When I get out of bed, I know who my God is, and I got some word in me. I got some word in me, and I'm going back. That's what you got, enemy? Guess what? I ask that voice, and I say, I know that voice isn't from God. I know that's not from Jesus, because Jesus doesn't condemn like that. And I go back at that voice in the name of Jesus. I don't come in my own power. Listen, listen, this is the big thing. Can I say this? This is Henry Cloud. Don't try to negate the negative thoughts. Did you hear what I said? Don't try to negate them. You won't win. What he says is, you need to realize that you have another life. There is another power that lives on the inside of you. And he has the power to take you through your situations and your fears. Big difference. Do you see that? What a difference that is? That there's another power that lives inside of us. Oh my gosh. If we ever realize the power that we have that is given to us as sons and daughters of God. But we don't. We don't realize our inheritance. I'm almost done. Y'all are looking like you're, you're, you're done with me. I'm almost done. I'll go through these quickly. What time is it? I'm not even looking. Number three, celebrate. You're going to celebrate tonight. Have a good time. You're going to celebrate tonight. It's New Year's Eve. How about celebrating... How about looking at this in verse four talks about rejoice. And again, I said, Paul says, again, I say, rejoice, 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 joy, joy, joy. And you look at this when he says, be anxious for, for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving. I know we, we had Thanksgiving a couple of weeks ago, but how many of us are giving thanks for things God has already done in our lives? You know what I'm starting to do? I'm starting to realize that Jesus has a pretty good record. He has a pretty good record. When I look at his past, I'm done because the enemy keeps trying to tell me. I know my past is under the blood, and we still, as Christians, you go to churches sometimes and they say you don't have to deal with your past. It's all under the blood. You got to deal with your past. Changes out here. You got to deal with your past. But the enemy, I think, is even more concerned about our future. Make them live in their future. Take them out of balance. And you know what I want to do? When I hear all the lies and I hear the enemy coming against me, I want to do an about face and turn from him and look back and see the goodness of the Lord and all the times that he kept me when I didn't know, but his hand was there and he was guiding me. You with me? Go back. The other night we had a family dinner. It was Poppy's, Pastor Joe's 75th birthday. And somehow in the dinner conversation, it got on my life and how... The times that I was saved. And I'm thinking about it the last couple of days. I don't even tell you. It helps me to look back. I was a young kid. And there I was watching cartoons. I'm watching Scooby-Doo one day. And we had a crazy dog. Pastor Linda used to talk about this dog. I don't know why this dog was in my house for so long. His name was Oliver. And he had rage syndrome. He lived in the house. There I am. All nestled up watching the TV. With my bowl of cereal right on the floor. Next thing I know, the dog tries to attack me. Now, I was ready to take him out. <laughs> I'm just kind of throwing her out there. I was, you know, I was going to nunchuck him. Right? <laughs> Wedding crashes. I was going to take him out. The only night, listen to this. I want you to hear this. It's going to build faith. The only night in their marriage ever, Pastor Joe did not sleep in the bed. Just happened to be that night. He was on the chair and I was on the floor, and the dog. The dog. You ruined the moment. <laughs> stop it! Quiet, woman! Quiet! That was good. That was good. <laughs> so wait, wait, stop! <laughs> the dog is inch. I'm not kidding you. The dog is inches from my face. He somehow jumps up from the chair. Grabs, I can't tell you afterwards, I got some animal lovers in the house, I can't tell you what happened after that, but I will suffice it to say, Pastor Linda wanted to take the dog's teeth out, can we just take his teeth out? Take that dog and get him out of here. The goodness of God. Turn around and look at all of the times that you were saved. That helps me. And I get hit with the anxiety. And think about those situations. You're playing them out in your mind and you're going, what is the worst case scenario? Did you ever play the movie out and go, what is the worst case scenario? Even if the worst case scenario, Henry Cloud says, it happens, you're still going to be okay. Because last time I checked, Romans 8.28 says, all things work together for good. Not some things, but all things work together for good for those who love God, Doug, and are called according to his purposes everything everything not some things everything they're playing the music they're like dude you gotta end I didn't even ask today (laughs) can I give you the last one can I give you my last one because this is the one I, you know I'm an animated I'm passionate the last part of this that really hit me and I saved this one for last and I'm I'm, I'm phrasing it leave your concerns with him and just leaving your concerns to be anxious about nothing don't worry about it, Paul says, right? Prayer and supplication, thanksgiving, make your requests known. Don't worry, the peace of God that passes all understanding, it's going to guard your hearts, it's going to guard your minds, right? Do You know that word guard, the word guard? It will, where it says in verse 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Do you know that's a military term? It's a military term. I want you to see this picture. I'm leaving you with a picture today. I'm leaving you with a picture on anxiety. That word guard is a military term. And it means when we give over our anxious thoughts and we say, God, my hands, listen, if you're good at worrying, you can be good at worshiping. If you're good at worrying and constantly thinking about stuff, you can say, you know what? I'm dropping this. I'm taking my hands now that they're free and I'm putting them up in the air and I'm worshiping my God. I'm not carrying this anymore. And to know when we do that, Paul is saying, just like a military officer guards something and he protects... You're not allowed to come in. Oh, you can come in. That's what happens when we give things over to God. God says, I'm going to give you that kind of peace. Peace is going to stand at the doorway of your mind and your heart. And he's not going to let depression in. He doesn't have to let anxiety in. He doesn't have to let, Oprah. he doesn't have to let any of that stuff in worry, doubt, whatever that stuff is. He says, I'm going to stand there and I'm going to guard the door. And here's the picture I wanted to give you. How many of you have been to Washington DC and you have seen Ah, Jen, you like this, Jen. Ready? Ready? The Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. It's the picture God gave to me this week, and I was just crying thinking about it. If you don't know, the Tomb of the Un- Unknown Soldier started, the, you know, 1920s, right? And this is interred there. You you have. It started after World War One, right? We don't know, and they, they were, you know, they did one for World War II, Vietnam War. I'm not getting into all the history. But suffice it to say, you know what the coolest thing about is of the tomb of the unknown soldier and these soldiers? First of all, at right now, it's 15 degrees out in Washington, D.C. I just made that up, but it's close. It's cold. Last night, the wind chill, I looked at it, was below zero. These guys are out there. Every single night, they march. 365, it doesn't matter. I gave you a picture of bad weather, because it doesn't matter what kind of weather is coming against them. 365, they're out there, and they're patrolling. And they're standing their guard. And they're not stopping. It doesn't matter. Did you know one time there was a hurricane that came through D.C.? And they were told by the state... I forget who it was. Maybe it was the governor. The governor said, you need to stand down. Get those men down for their safety. And they said, we will not sit down. We will guard this tomb because that's our job. Are you kidding me? Half an hour in the winter... They, they change. In the summer, in summer it's a half an hour. In the winter it's an hour. At night, every night it's an hour. If I went through the list of what these guys have to do, they have to memorize what people are buried in Arlington National Cemetery. They get a quiz, a crazy quiz of all places and people, and they have to get over 95% on it. It's wild just to get a badge later on that says that this is what they did. It's such a high honor. And here are these guys, and God gave me this picture and said, you need to share this. And I'm sharing it with you because I want you to see this is what it looks like when the enemy tries to come against you and he's trying to wreak havoc on your mind. I want you to know there is a God who says, not today, devil, not tomorrow, not the next day, that I'm here, 365, and I'm going to patrol, and I'm not moving. Don't be moved by what you feel. Don't be moved by what you see. I am a great God and I have everything. I have the whole world in my hands. I have your situation. He's walking. He's walking. And He's telling them, stand back. You're not allowed to come in. Who do you come in the name of who? Now, the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary says you can't come in. Isn't that a good picture? I thought it was a good picture. I want you to think about that this week. When he tries to come after you, Mike, right? The enemy try to come after you about your past, trying to come after you about your future, where you're going, right? Trying to come after you. This is real stuff. You don't have to let it in. They're up there. The enemy's up there and he's circling and he's looking to land in our minds and he wants us to fret and be anxious. Jesus says, right in the serpent, look at the birds of the air, right? Neither gather nor reap. But you look, God takes care of them. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink. Isn't life more important than food and clothes? Come on. Look at the lilies of the field. They, they, you know, they neither they toil nor spin. God takes care of them too. The grass that's on there, today, it's here today. It's gone tomorrow. Who by worrying can add one cubit to their stature? Stop worrying about tomorrow. Today has enough trouble of its own. Jesus said these words. The most famous sermon ever given. Stop Worry and give it to God. Give it to God. Don't you be condemned again as you leave this place. You feel like, I have a real anxiety disorder, Pastor. You may have one, but I know that my God still performs miracles. I know that my God, at His peace, passes all understanding, and He can guard your heart. And your mind and he can take you to places that you've never you never even dreamed of. But I'm done with the devil lying to us. Because we have plans and we have dreams. And two thousand and eighteen is gonna be a year, yeah, we prosper. I told you last week when I went to Jeremiah twenty nine, eleven, and I said what well, ten is the context. Next year is going to be a year of harvest. Next year is going to be a year of blessing in your life. Blessing in relationships. And finally, listen to me. Listen to me. You can't make it on your own. I could have went on. I had more things to say, but I'm not saying. I, have to, I still have next week, right? You want to come back for part two? Okay. Integrity. We could get into that. We can get into isolation. How many of us are just isolated? When anxiety comes, who do you have in your life? Who do you talk to? You know what it's like when I talk to somebody? You know what it's like when Pastor Linda comes in last night and I'm depressed? I didn't want to speak today oh am I not supposed to say that I didn't want to speak today depressed I was depressed all week one of the hardest times I've had to get up here in the history of speaking I don't know why it's probably the topic powers principalities trying to take me out but you know what it was like when Pastor Lennon came in I didn't want them to come in but they came in I'm eating dinner I'm eating my chicken soup and they came over and they prayed for me and I didn't say anything. But she she checked on me again later. Because you know what it's like when somebody says, I know what it's like. Do you ever go to a small group meeting and somebody's like telling a story? And then you're like, yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. Do you know what me too does for us? You know what it does for us? Me too. I deal with anxiety. Me too. I deal with worry. Me too. Not alone. Lord. Father, I thank you for the Apostle Paul's words. Father, I ask that everyone would walk out, they would think on things that are true and noble. Lord, we could have spent a lot more time on this. True and noble and pure and lovely, of good repute, praiseworthy. Lord, may we think on things that are good. Lord, may we we check and balance our intake. What are we putting in, Father, into our lives, into our minds? What are the pictures? What are the stories? What are the words, the news? Father, may you convict some of us even here. And Father, help us fill our lives with calories that are that going to bring life, not things that are bereft or devoid of, of spiritual value. Father, we want to be a people that really sit at your knees in 2018 and trust you. Father, I want to trust you no matter what happens, no matter what calamities hit this planet, no matter what the stock, what happens with the stock market, I know there's a God that's on the throne. I know no matter what happens, I can trust you. No matter where you take us, we can trust you. And we're not going to be moved in 2018 by what we see with our eyes, Father. We're not going to be moved by what we feel. We're going to be moved by you and your word and Holy Spirit. I ask that you would breathe on your church breathe afresh on us lord we don't want to just get high when we hear a word we want transformation lord renovate our hearts do what only you can do father have your place have your place amen amen thanks for listening to city on a hill's podcast For more resources, visit us at chccny.com.